This is the Souls of San Francisco podcast by Souls of Society. I'm Dijon, founder of Souls of Society. Each week, we connect with a member of our community to hear their story and get to know them better so we can strengthen our community bonds. Today, we are broadcasting from Mirror Beach on the other side of the bridge, and I'm here with Brittany Barrett, and I'm looking out at the ocean, and where she lives here is just incredibly magical and beautiful. Um, She made us a delicious salad and veggie burger. What were the ingredients again? Um, Well, the unique thing about this salad is that everything was grown within a quarter of a mile. So, well, not not just the salad, but also the veggie burger, because Green Gulch Farm is right there. So they have collard greens and broccolini. This is the veggie burger. Collard greens, broccolini, um, black beans, which I soaked and cooked myself. Mm. Um, and it has duck egg. I just took my first bite. It's so good. You like it? Mm-hmm. It has... Um, it's seasoned with miso and soy, so it's sort of like a Japanese flair. I don't know. I just kind of made it up as I went along. And then, um, and then the salad is just arugula, really simple arugula and um, radishes and goat cheese. Even though I know you're a vegan, I'm making you eat goat cheese. I feel okay about it. It's really good. <laughs> Everything in moderation, goats. right? Mm-hmm. Um. If it's good enough for the Dalai Lama. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, what brings you out here, Gary? Well, first of all, I go by Dijon now. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm getting used to that. Kind of embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I just came out here to connect with you and hear what twists and turns life is taking you on and in the grand scheme of things I feel like everything happened for a reason and I feel like you getting me to come out here was a good reset button for me because I've definitely been like in the grind of city life Mm. and I feel like it's important to like pop out of that and be like oh yeah that's just one specific bubble Mm way of life no it's getting burnt out you know what's burning you out like what um is it like energetically or just like too much concrete or (laughs) not enough butterflies and sounds of the ocean i think that more butterflies and sounds of the ocean would definitely help Mm -hmm. and i think that a friend of mine died earlier this year on the 4th of July and I actually feel like it was a beautiful thing and that it was it like expanded my consciousness a lot Mm. and I felt like I was literally like on cloud nine for months you know just being like I can understand so much and I can see so much and I feel at peace with everything and I feel Mm. invincible and like my guides are always with me and all this stuff and I just think part of it's just natural contraction because yeah. you have expansive periods and you have more contractive periods. I resonate so deeply with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
very similar thing, but on a smaller um, time frame. Mm-hmm. The past two weeks, I don't know what happened, but it was like I had a breakthrough in my relationship, and I've just been feeling so beautifully connected to my partner and in a loving space with him and radically accepting both him and I and our journey together. And it's been feeling so just easy. And um, I went just like overwhelmed with gratitude and love and like, oh my God, I found, I can't believe this man is my man. Like, he is so amazing, and I feel so lucky mm-hmm. that he wants to be with me. And, like, I love his family. I mean, everything about him is just, he's amazing. He's beautiful. And when I first met him, I didn't really, I didn't have that hit right away. It was a super slow cook. Like, took me a while to really accept that we were moving towards that direction. And then once, not really a while, I guess just, I just didn't feel it right away. And then once I felt it, it was on. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, we're at eight month mark right now. And that's a long time for me. Mm-hmm. I'm usually like two months and I'm out. So I'm fucking out. I'm out. <laughs> um, I just <clears throat> kept, I think I just get, I think I get like avoidant and I just don't want to deal with all my shit and then or I'm annoyed with or it's just not right there's so many different reasons anyways I'm with him and I'm totally with him and I'm in it and I'm loving our time together and then like three weeks of total bliss which I'm like shocked that we've gone that long because usually I'm pretty super emotional and very sensitive so things come up a lot for mm-hmm. me in relationship and then um I had like a a moment on Sunday where we went to this party and I wasn't really into it and like he kind of got triggered by me not being into it and and then we just got into this big thing and I could feel it starting to like brew like fuck this is the moment of like the end of the bliss and not forever but just I could feel that that happy little like ease that I was clinging on to was just slipping away from my fingers and mm-hmm. I had a huge huge emotional like almost PTSD response to our um, conversation and he was really supportive but then he also kind of pulled away after and then I felt like anxious and so we're doing this like anxious avoidant dance and <sighs> anyways we never really quite, we still haven't recovered. And now it's Tuesday. And it's just like, fuck. Like, I want, I just want it to be good again. But I know we have to go through and, like, we both have to learn what we did to, <clears throat> that wasn't in our highest consciousness. And, like, it's kind of exhausting. But I do know that it will be, It. this is just a moment. It's like things happen and really good things, amazing things that just pop out of nowhere and you get just like the grace of God and then suddenly 
shit just turned south. And you wonder in the moment, like, what did I do to deserve this? Or why? Why? Um, why me? Or why can't I just have a normal, happy relationship like everyone else, which is totally not true. Uh-huh. Um, and then, um, and then inevitably what goes up must come down and what goes down must go back up. Mm-hmm. So you just have to sit with the shit and try and take care of yourself. Blah, blah, blah. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I've been experiencing exactly the same thing. And I was telling you, I just got off the phone with my good friend who I think has been experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like humanity is going through these waves kind of together and like across the board relationships will be having kind of the same issues coming up Mm. and I've been reading this Pima Chodron book and she was just like the universe doesn't denote things as like good or bad you know humans do they're just different vibrations and we have the potential to use them all to become more awake because all the the soul is concerned with is are you awake or are you asleep and I know that the blissful period that I've been in or that I had been in for several months I think was eventually eventually lulling me to sleep because it was Mm -hmm. so much like comfort and pleasure and like it was just easy to just be like yeah life is easy like I'm Mm -hmm. I'm awesome my life is awesome and just to remind me that I still have a human experience and and also to stay connected to what other people are experiencing Mm -hmm. who maybe aren't in that blissed out Mm -hmm. state um, so you can stay kind of connected Mm -hmm. Um, because the point of life I don't think is just to like create your own comfort zone and like hide away from the rest of the world you know Mm -hmm. although I definitely have the desire to do that sometimes (laughs) Um, but I know that for instance doing this project and interacting with all the different vibrations of people and energies that I have over the last four years has been the most expansive journey I've been on like Mm. at any point in my life and it wasn't always fun you know Mm. but I'm more conscious now than I've ever been you know do you think you can get do you think you can become more conscious and then devolve into unconsciousness of course or do you can you don't think you can you're you don't think you're just on the track like i guess you're right because there've been moments where i feel like i kind of go into like more of a materialistic place or i kind of i don't know i just lose sight of my it's almost like i reject spirituality i'm like fuck so annoying and I hate everyone who's spiritual so stupid (laughs) I think that's a natural um, ebb and flow it's like the light and dark Mm -hmm. day and night it's just like you can't evolution is not linear you know it's circular and sometimes I'm like really locked in and for me it's like wait so say that again it's not linear it's circular yeah 
How, what do you mean? Like, can you visually explain that to me? Sure, I can. So, <clears throat> um, earlier this year, and this is part of what led me to being so tuned in, was I decided I was going to watch 100 sunrises in a row. Hmm. And I started doing that, and I got really, like, blissed out and devoted to myself and my practice, and it changes so much about your life. You know, you have to go to bed earlier. Maybe you don't drink because you want to be able to get up. So, like, everything is, like, around the center. And I'm getting, like, direct downloads from staring at the sun in the morning and just, like, super high. And that's, like, a straight path towards, like, enlightenment or awakening and all that stuff but nothing in the universe is like linear like that like when you look at like the flower of life or a succulent like it has curves and it has like you know like it's not just sunny all the time like there's nighttime also right you know it's like that's just part of the natural cycle there's life and there's death and there's the the gap in between so i feel like instead of just a straight climb it's actually like a spiral, a spiral staircase that's right? going down into yourself, yeah. going up into yourself, or going well, just not I, even not even up or down, just going around. Like I, I think of it as like I'm ascending the the spiral staircase, um, uh-huh. and there's like a side which faces the sun, and the side which faces kind of like the darkness, and like as you go around. You like walk into light, you're like, oh yeah. But then you go into the darkness and you kind of forget. But even at that darkness, if you're at like level three of the darkness over level one of the light, you're still at a higher place. It's just a more complex like um, feeling. Yeah. So you like get around at the same point, level level four, and you're like kind of in the same place as you were at level one, but at a higher place. So you can like overstand things. It's like being in a relationship. Like the first time you're in a relationship. And these issues that you're having right now, you're probably freaking out way more, right? Because you were like, oh, oh, my God, oh is, is it ever going to... compatible. Right. And now you're like, oh, this is painful and I, I want to work it out. But I also understand that this is part of getting close to someone and shit mm-hmm. comes up. It's just like you have a little bit more wisdom and patience and perspective about it. Um, but I feel like you have to go through the dark parts to continue on that upward journey. Yeah, I mean, you think, like, I love what you said about sort of, like, you know, I think it'd be actually kind of cool to write a book about, like, level one. (laughs) Like, you, when you're in the dark, you just think it's only dark. Like, you don't, you don't even know that the sun is going to rise. Level two, you know that at some point the sun's going to rise, but, like, you don't really know when or, you know. And then, like, level three, you have been in the light, in the dark so many times at this point. You're just kind of so. I mean, it would be kind of cool to, to. I don't even know if you can really. I don't think you could really. Um, what's the word like? Um, segregate it like that, but or differentiate. Yeah. But like, you think, oh, well, what about the, um, the monks, right? Who are just like, every day they have their practice, and every day they eat their sattvic food and every day they're doing their yoga and like self-care is the center of their entire self-care and selfless service to others is basically like their entire world right right right. but then like 
it's not that they don't have darkness too. Like they have shit come up between the people that are monks with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And like they, or they get sick or someone in their family, something happens to them or just because you're isolated and are still human focused on your practice. Yeah. 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 I think that I was feeling a lot of things when I was coming over here and one was I've always looked at this project as something everyone could do and it could expand to all these places and it's like a way of enlightenment, you know, just like communicating with people and like being authentic mm-hmm. or even writing that book, you know, with the different levels and in a way I'm like that's, that's kind of creating more like dogma. You know, which I don't feel like is, is necessary to create like more dogma. And another way to look at this project is it's just a diary. It's like my personal diary, right? Like all these stories that you look at and even this podcast is just what's going on mm-hmm. like in my reality. And I'm sharing that with people and also with myself because it helps me to see it at a deeper level. Like if I can like listen to it again and and see how this conversation with you was like mirroring my relationship experience that I was having and like mm-hmm. what came before it and what came after it. It's just like my personal way of waking up. And if it's useful for other people, I think that's great. Um, but I think the whole point is like everyone is supposed to find their own way based on like mm-hmm. what they feel and to be tapped into the present moment. So it's, you're not relying on dogma. You're relying on your own feelings and like, uh, this is what I feel. This is what I want to do. This is what feels right to me. Right. You know? Can I ask you a question? Do you have any... Well, I'll, I'll... I guess I'll share with you why I'm asking the question first. Mm-hmm. So, recently, um, I came up with this name. The name started first, which was Cured by the Kitchen. And it's all about how we can... how we need to switch our mentality. It's, it's not, it's, it's about healing through food and it's about my journey of healing from a chronic disease. And now it kind of keeps getting better. Like I keep getting healthier and I keep feeling more energized and my life is improving from the food choices that I make. Yeah. Not just, you know, physically, like I don't get sick and blah, 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 but the act of, you know, cooking, the act of, of, um, picking up my produce from the green gulch, you know, boxes, the act of washing the vet, everything is, is like a practice in mindfulness and, and love. And, Mm -hmm. and so energetically, I find that I'm just getting closer and closer to the food where it's almost like becoming me before I even eat it. Mm. And what I really, what the whole purpose of the book, originally it was an idea for a TV show and it still is possible that this could happen. I I basically, I told a friend of mine who's a producer and director about this and he got super excited and the, the plan was to, you know, now I've cured myself from this chronic disease eating Ayurveda, which I love, but I'm so open I'm so, I'm way more open now than I've ever been to look, learning about 
other traditional you know, diets and home remedies from all around the world. At first it was like Ayurveda or nothing. This is the system that works. And that's what I'm saying. Dogma. You know, yeah. You yeah. Get, dogma. You get like locked in and you're like, this is the only thing. This is it. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, Whoa, that's, you know, it, I think big part of that was my boyfriend's Lebanese and he uses all different spices and, you know, he has different things that he does seasonally and it's actually very aligned with Ayurvedic principles, but it's, they're not listed in the freaking, you know, the books, right? The 5,000-year-old right. texts. They're from a different part of the world. So anyways, I started thinking, wouldn't it be cool to do like Anthony Bourdain kind of style where I just go uh-huh. around and go to these like this like old woman in Mexico handmaking her own tortillas and ask her like, how did she get this recipe and what did she use? How often do you eat tortillas and what's the, you know, or someone making kanji in Japan and asking, you know, like, so he was super, he thought this was a wonderful idea and a wonderful name and he loves to travel and he's an amazing documentary filmmaker, commercial person anyway. So he said, wow, I really want to partner with you on this. And we flew up to Seattle to meet his friends who are like high, high up in, they used to work for Food Network and it's this big, anyways, whatever, hoopla shit that I don't really know that much about. And they loved it. And then, and I was, it was so funny because right when they, right when we heard that feedback, like we're in. It was like, I almost didn't want to do it anymore <laughs> because now it's like, oh, it's successful because it was approved. Uh-huh. Like my idea was approved. It's good. I felt like I already had done it. Uh-huh. And now we're back here and we're, you know, he, Mark is super proactive about talking to all these people and we're going to meet with B Johnson, the woman who started that zero waste thing in Marin. We're going to meet with all these amazing people and I'm supposed to be writing a book right now about I'm writing Cured by the Kitchen, and I can't fucking do it. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. This is not the question. Now it's getting closer to the question I was going to ask you. But <laughs> I kind of think that part of this is realizing that this could actually be really big. Like, uh-huh. it could be really big. Uh-huh. And if that happens, there's a certain – there's, like, fame involved, basically. Yeah. And – I'm really in a deep question with myself about, do I want fame? Is this about how much of this is about sharing my passion about with, about food and different, um, cultures and traditions and how much of this is about me wanting to be, to seeking approval, which is like the ultimate approval is like fame. Right. Cause then everyone wants to be a part of what you're doing. And so I guess my, my question to you, and it's really helpful to just clarify this, is that how much of, like, when you're doing something, how much of it is for yourself versus how much of it is, like, just this gift, natural gift that you're offering the world? And then do you have any part of you that has some desire for fame or notoriety? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And I think it's a, like, multifaceted answer. Yeah. Um, I feel like when I started doing the project, it was totally my personal journey. And I would only talk to the people that I was personally interested in about the things that I wanted to know the answers to. Like, it was, like, very personal. And as it started to get more popular, people would find it 
you know, because they were fans of Humans of New York or something. And then they'd be like, hey, you're doing this wrong. Like, these are all close-ups. Like, you should take full body pictures or you need to take pictures of these types of people or you need to do this. And it's just like, you could do what you want to do and, like, leave me alone mm-hmm. to, like, make my work. Um, and after about three years of doing it, and like all these other humans projects just brought it out and they're all really popular and successful. And I think mine only had like, you know, 5,000 followers at the time, which is, you know, social media is kind of currency these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also still, you know, working random jobs to like make a living. <clears throat> and I was like, I want this to be my job. You know, like I don't want to work in a restaurant anymore. Um, and I also want to be recognized for my, the br- my brilliance, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, and so I think I started consciously crafting stuff to be more mainstream in certain ways, which, mm-hmm. you know, involved changing the way I was kind of interacting with people or kind of the stories I was telling. And I still would keep stuff that was authentic, but it would be like mixed in with like stuff that was more easily digestible mm. or like friendly in that way um right because you have to appeal to the masses right because not everyone is un- will understand the spiral of consciousness or is even interested in that right now or is interested in it yeah yeah um yeah, which that's... which ultimately i feel like is a good thing because you know i really learned how to communicate with people where they're at and like create a wide enough berth for like lots of people to go through and engage with what I'm doing. Yeah. And like maybe, you know, like they come because they saw a picture of somebody with some cool shoes, but then they stumble along to this podcast and they're just interested in these two people having this conversation and it like sparks something in them, Hmm. you know? Um, And, you know, I guess it's about honoring all the parts of me because right. Like I'm not, always you know um shanti shanti you know like i was looking at some porn this morning on my computer in one of those like things you don't feel that good about but and uh, my computer froze and i had this whole like idea that i was like whoa what if my computer freezes and i can't like I have to take it to the Apple store and they unfreeze it but then at the Apple store it's like frozen on this point and then when they open it up and you know the Apple store is a genius shame. bar it's, deep, it's deep like all you know everyone would be like looking at me I'd be like ah you know and it was just this whole like story off of this thing you know just a random uh, spiral um, I'm so curious to know what kind of porn it was um, you don't have to tell me yeah but it, it was it was pretty normal. It was. It would be really funny if it was like bestiality, <laughs> no. or like a super like fetish. I've never been into bestiality, and it doesn't yeah. interest me at all. Neither have I. But I gotta tell you, it's a friend of mine is, and she. I kind of like. There's n- nothing about actually doing that appeals to me at all. Uh-huh. But she was telling me like, it has to do more with like the. I think it, what it is, I think it's a disconnect. Uh-huh. It's like, you don't have, it's like the ultimate avoidance because animals don't, this is so, feels crazy to be talking about this. Um, <laughs> animals don't have like the same amount of 
you know, they have feelings, but they don't have the emotional attachments, attachments yeah. and connections. So, right. Anyways, um, anyways, continue. <laughs> A little porn side track there, um, but I did by those means achieve like this level of success and like recognition and the project's really popular now and now it's in the Chronicle and um, that feels good and it also feels like kind of doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know it's like I'm glad that people respect what I do and like that I that I'm seen for like my talent or like what I contribute or whatever um but thinking about do I need to keep growing my following on Facebook or on social media, like, I don't think that really matters. It doesn't matter to me. Right. Know? Like, I want people to connect with what I'm doing and hopefully gain something from it. And um, I think now that I am had some modicum of, like, mainstream success that I want to make sure that I maintain my personal vision and that, like... I'm proud of what I'm doing um, because I look at things people do to kind of like be accepted or make it. And, and the more they do that, the less timeless something is, right? Because it's, it's more like similar to everything else. It's not unique. So it's like when you look at a book like 10 years after it's published and it's like, it has like people saying it's good, like all these famous people at the time yeah. saying it's good. It just seems ridiculous because those people aren't famous anymore. And it's like, who, who cares what they think anyways? You know, mm. it's just like, mm. um, like, I don't want that stuff in my book. Like I want my book to be my book. And then when you pick it up, it's like, it's its own piece of art. It's timeless, you know, mm-hmm. like you can pick it up and engage with it. So... I think I'm more interested now in like carving my own path of like what feels really resonant to me. Yeah. Um, but there was a part of that journey, which was mainstreaming it out to like get to a certain level. People even give a shit because there's so much noise out there, you know, and like trying to get to a certain level. But in some sense you can't really try. I mean, you, you can, but if you, if what you have isn't quality, and people aren't interested, you're just not, they're not going to like your page. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're true to what you're, to what you, if, if you feel like what you have, I feel like what it is, is you can't dumb yourself down is what it really comes down to. Right. Because, you know, I could say, like I, I cringe at myself sometimes because on the daily Ayurveda page, I feel like, oh, I haven't posted anything for a couple days. I need to post something. And it'll be like a picture from last week, some like soup that I made. And I'll be like, fall time soup. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Here's the ingredients. And honestly, what I really want to say is like, I want to talk about things that I'm experiencing right now. I want to share about what's really up for me, which is, like deeply exploring my relationship with vulnerability and fears about not having enough work and I don't know like my this like what I was talking about with food earlier and just like energetically like I don't even 
part of me feels like you don't really have to eat in order to get the nutrients from the food. And this is coming from like, you know, it's like you can just be around the food, I think, and you're still getting that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. You know when you cook and you're just not hungry anymore? Yeah. You've already digested it. You've already internalized it. And, I mean, this is just my, I, I don't, obviously, I don't know how much of, I'm sh- I mean, I, I don't want to say you don't have to eat, because I know that when I don't eat, I get hangry. <laughs> <laughs> the reality of the situation is like, we need nutrients, blah, blah, blah. But I do, I can see how the sun gazers are alive off of eating the sun's energy. Yeah, I totally get it too. And I know exactly what you mean. And I feel like that actually is how you blow up is just be authentic, you know, and have like so fucking scary. Your truth. It is scary, but it gets easier. Um, Like I'm scared right now. I do not want you to post the pornographic bestiality thing. because, um, (laughs) Because what if like, you know, a year down the line, Cured by the Kitchen blows up and I'm on the Today Show. <laughs> and then they post some clip of me talking about bestiality. So what? I mean, you are human. We talk about things. You, you didn't say that you did it. We just mentioned the term, you know? like It's true. But it still feels so edgy. Like, Well, I think that's the point that I'm trying to do with this project is just like bring everything down to that grounded level where it's like... I'm a human being. I can talk about, I I have thoughts, you know, like I have feelings. Um, No singular experience or thought defines like who I am. I know. know, It's just like a moment in time. And do you ever listen to your, your podcasts from like a year ago and think, Oh my God, I can't believe that's where I was. Well, I just started like six months ago. um, And I've probably done like nine and I've listened to them and I enjoy them all and they all reflect back to me a different part of myself mm-hmm. and I kind of do want them as that time capsule mm-hmm. to be like oh this is where I was at at the time you know um, and that's kind of the way the internet is in general like anything you tweet or post on Instagram or write on Facebook like it's all there to be dug up if people really want to do that but like who, who wants to do that? Who gives a fuck? You know, it's just like, just live your life. And I think try to make your brand as authentic as possible so that it's not a cage for you exactly, and that you don't have to censor yourself because the whole reason to be an independent and create your own brand is that you can do whatever you want. Like I can show up in this in these clothes and be comfortable and I don't have to put on a suit and like be overly formal. I can be myself, you know? And the more yourself, I feel like the more access you have to these, like, higher thoughts that seem strange but also are true, like, Mm -hmm. that you don't need to eat, you know? Like, there are some people that are breatharians, you know? Like, that's that's a thing, you know? Doesn't – maybe that's not where we're at right now, but we can at least consider the idea. Right. Or even, like, when I was thinking about, like, hey, even though I'm doing this crowdfunding campaign, maybe I don't need to make this into a huge – enterprise maybe it can be very personal and that brings up fear well like how will I make a living and like how will this happen but um the last week like people randomly messaged me like will you take pictures of my wedding and like will you come to this event and take pictures 
you know, so I definitely do feel like um, we are here for a reason and that, like, we're really taken care of and the reason why shit hasn't, like, blown up and we're not, like, super uber famous and materially successful so that stuff can be a distraction and it's easy to get lost you know with that stuff like it's good to have restrictions on like what I can buy or like kind of what I have access to mm-hmm. and I feel like the power that you get from having a lot of money or influence um, for me has kind of grown at the level of my maturity mm-hmm. you know so if I had blown up a year ago, I definitely would have been ready and I probably would have been doing things that would embarrass myself, you know, just mm-hmm. like saying stupid shit and just like not the version of myself that I want to be circulating everywhere, you know. Yeah, but next year you might say the same thing. You know, I mean, you might go back <clears throat> a year from now and you've, you know, gone another ring up the spiral and like this is my fear. Is why I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not. I'm basically projecting my fear onto you, which uh-huh. is like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm always showing up as authentic as I possibly can. Right. I'm trying my best in right. every moment to yeah. be like true blue Brit. And how do I know that a year from now, I'm not going to be thinking, you know, there's a certain things I want to share with people. And there's certain things that I don't want to share with people. There's certain things I'd like to keep private. Right. And that conversation that I had with Gary on the deck eating Dijon. good food. Ah, oh, fuck a dog. Sorry. <laughs> it's sorry. It's going to take me a little while. It's all right. Does it bother you? I mean, does it like hurt your feelings or how does that make you feel if I say it wrong? It doesn't hurt my feelings. It's just okay. like if I didn't correct you, then you would keep saying it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Dijon, Dijon, Dijon. Um, can you tell me a little bit? Actually, I'm going to cut myself off because I think it'll help me get into okay. Dijon if you tell me a little bit about the story behind it sure okay so I was on my way to lightning in a bottle like three or four years ago mm-hmm. I was eating some Dijon tarragon kale chips mm-hmm. and someone was like those are fucking delicious what it, what flavor is that and I was like Dijon and when I said it I was like that is a really cool sound like yeah. vibration and I never really liked the way my my name sounded. It didn't resonate with me. I didn't like hearing it from other people. I don't like saying it. Yeah. And it just didn't feel right. So I was like, I'm going to introduce myself as Dijon at this festival. And when I did, it was like always the same reaction. People would always be like, Dijon? Did you say Dijon? You know? Yeah. And kind of like excited. And I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, like the mustard? I bet you hear that all the time. Like the mustard? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, exactly. And it was like this kind of playful, like interaction mm. and like deeper huh. connection than just if you were like, I'm Bob. Right. You know? He and never really seemed like a Gary to me. Yeah. I totally, I, I feel you. That's so awesome. Yeah. So now you just, so that's, so has, how has it been transitioning? All right. So continuing with that. Mm-hmm. So that was at the festival and then it yeah. was only at festivals that I was using Dijon and then I went to Bliss Camp about a year ago and had these like deep experiences in the oneness field because everyone was so tapped in. And everyone at that festival had decided they were gonna look each other in the eyes and like be present and be like grateful and like just kind of very consciously kind. And I was like, oh, 
all these festivals are not like escapes just to get like fucked up and like party you know they're actually the training ground for us to lock in the mm. vibration of like of the new earth right and for us to figure out how we actually want to live and what we want to bring back into culture and like disperse and i was like so if that's the case then like i'm not dijon for fun like i'm dijon like that's who i am you know mm. and i feel like this process has helped me to pull away layers that weren't me or were conditioning or were given to me and center into like my core and also download parts of myself that maybe weren't present when I was came into the earth realm. So um, now that I know who I am and where my center is, I'm fine. And that's why I'm not worried about, I don't feel fearful about like, what is someone gonna think of what I said? Because it's like, I love myself. So, mm. I accept myself for like all the things that I am, mm. you know, it's just like being able to be vulnerable enough to acknowledge an aspect of myself that's real, like it's real, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not going to hide it from who, for what, you know, like, I'm just being me. If you don't like it, that's fine. Go somewhere else, you know, yeah. don't listen to the page, right? Like I'm just being myself. <sighs> I love that. And I love how you came. I love that you were eating kale chips. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. And Dijon is such a, it's such a, it's a very powerful name, even though it's the name of mustard too. Yeah. It's like, it's beautiful actually. Well, it's the name of a place in France and it's also the name of the Jenny, Jenny, like D-J-I-N-N-I, which is um, it's either like a, a type of like genie or like a type of like angel mm. um, but it refers to a specific type of like energetic being and I've been learning more about this other stuff this is more like esoteric stuff but it's been really interesting and I remember I go to this place called the Sword and Rose in Coal Valley where they, it's very magical like did I take you there? yes, yes. Um, that guy died I know um, but that place is super magical. And I remember one of the incense he gave me to work with was the Jenny, like DJI and I, this is before I was like on my Dishon shit. So I feel like there's all this information that's trying to wake me up to a certain realization and it's coming from different places. Um, so that's wow. been an exciting part of my journey, like recently. Is that place still in existence? It still exists. Yeah. Because it was run by him and his partner, so his partner is still there, and now his, his partner has helpers as well. Oh. Still got the magic. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Yeah. feel like the most healing thing to do is just to be and the more you accept yourself the more you give other people permission to accept themselves yeah and it can be so triggering to people when you accept yourself yeah 
it's like because everyone wants to so badly I'm working on it I'm really working on it and it's such a You almost said a painful process, but it's like a total even combination of beauty and pain. What else are we going to do here? <laughs> it's like time is going like this. You know, a few weeks ago, I ate some mushrooms, and I had a really powerful experience where I I was experiencing pain in my liver, and I was with my friend Isaac, who um, he was just recently diagnosed with colon cancer sat next to me and I was sitting on the chair just kind of massaging my liver I was like you know I think I can actually go inside of my body psychically and squeeze my liver I think I can heal my liver and cleanse my liver inside he said I I think you can Britt and so I started you know working on myself and then I said Isaac do you want me to heal your cancer it just came out of my mouth without thinking about it because when you're on drugs like that you don't think who am I to say I'm going to cure cancer you just do what you feel mm-hmm. and he said Brad, I think if anyone can do it I think it would be you and I put my hands where his um, tumor was and I could feel the poison coming out of his body, going through my body and filtering out my liver and being sent back into the earth. And I just heard myself saying this. I said, Isaac, your cancer is not here anymore. You needed it. It, it, ser- it served its purpose, which was to show you how much everyone loves you and how much everyone cares about you and to show you how much you love your girlfriend who he had just proposed to after he was diagnosed. And, um, and now it's, no, it doesn't, you don't need it anymore. And I said, you might still need to get the surgery to actually get the physical mass removed. Mm -hmm. You will need to do that. But you're done. And, and And then I just went into the other room and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I just healed cancer. I just healed cancer. I can heal cancer. And in my head I was thinking, this is my purpose. I can, I'm a psychic surgeon. Mm-hmm. I can like go into people's bodies and like 
feel things and take them out. Mm-hmm. And That's beautiful. And then I was, I was looking in the mirror and I said, oh my God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and I seriously, I felt like a child in my womb. Mm-hmm. I felt an energy of another being in my womb. And I went up and I told my boyfriend, I said, babe, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, why do you think that? And I said, I can just feel it. I think I am. (laughs) And so he was so sweet. He didn't want to ruin my trip or to make me feel weird or bad. Uh So he just went along with it. And he was like, okay, (laughs) great. And I was like, you're going to be a dad. I'm going to be a mom. We're going to be parents. We created a new life. <laughs> and and then I said, oh, I can't believe we did this. You are the person I want to do this with. And then I said, but I really want to. And this is a bunch of people were around. Everyone's on mushrooms. And I said, but I really wanted to get married first. And Rebecca says, well, you're both wearing white. We have a... Um, <laughs> ordained minister here Uh we happen to have one why don't you guys just get married right now Uh and so we had this like kind of like surreal like wedding reception we didn't actually we were both sort of in and out of consciousness so we weren't really like really married right Uh but we were something like energetically was married at that moment and here it was so then I thought I'm dying (laughs) <laughs> now that I'm married now that I'm poor report my boyfriend I was like poor him he has to he now has a wife a pregnant wife that's gonna die that's so sad for him but this is why I came to Palm Springs was to die <laughs> and so anyways this is like so real in my world and I don't really remember why I started telling this story but it's an incredible story. It's an incredible story. <laughs> <laughs> There's not really a point to it besides I'm not really sure if I healed Isaac's cancer, but I sure as hell, it felt like it. Yeah. And I know now that I wasn't pregnant, but something in me was healed from having that experience of my partner being happy and excited. Yeah. That... It was, it was like... Like going with the energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like... I don't know. I, I remember now I brought this up, which is like, why else are we... Like, what are we doing here? And I... That's what I always kind of think about. It's like, well, we're here to procreate. <laughs> like, we're here to, like, make other beings that's that's our animal side right Mm -hmm. but that's just one expression of creation and what it's really about is that we're here to create Mm -hmm. whether that's human life whether that's making delicious food whether that's painting or creating a podcast or creating some beautiful building where people can have some shared experience. It's like 
but I think when that's blocked off and you feel restricted, then it's like tragic. I agree. And I feel like that's our work to do on ourselves is just to remove the restrictions that we place on ourselves, you know, and just like love ourselves and be open to whatever's coming through, you know, all that stuff that you experience, like, if you try to look at it from your state of being now and you're like, logically, you were not pregnant, you know, it's just like, so what? That's not what it's about, you know? It's like, it's about the experience you were having at the time, you know, and that was like another dimension, like another reality. It's just like the same power art has, you know? Like, if you listen to someone sing a breakup song when you're going through a breakup and you can, like, connect to that emotion and, like, feel healed by it, you know? Like, that shared emotional experience, I think, is what is valuable. It doesn't have to be logical. Yeah. Sounds really beautiful. Tapped into some shamanic abilities there. Yeah. It's like, there's so much, you know, so many directions you can, you can take. There's so many avenues. If I decided, oh, I'm going to be a shaman... You know, that's a whole life. That's a whole other life. Right. If I decide I'm going to be the face of Cured by the Kitchen, that's a whole life. Right. And perhaps you can blend the two, you know, like, because I do feel like I'm a, a shaman and that my work heals people just by helping them feel connected to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a type of healing work. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily have to march around with, like, a drum and a rattle right. to be a shaman. Right. I think that's my, with my belief about it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's when you, you know, it's not like I, I mean, I think I make good food. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my food <laughs> tastes good. <laughs> but like, I'm not like a Michelin star chef or whatever that rating system, Michelin, whatever it is. Anyways, uh-huh. I, but I know that when people eat food that I've prepared, they feel so nourished I feel very nourished that was delicious so good that's so amazing yeah I think it's because you're putting your energy into it right like that's it's like my energy goes into my photographs you know you can feel me I can feel you when you're eating this stuff you know yeah, I was thinking about you before you came this morning, and I said, gosh, Gary's really doing, he's really doing beautiful work. Thank you. And I put, I, I moved my bookshelf from one corner to the other, which I think was a great decision. <laughs> and <laughs> and your book, I, I hadn't touched your book, you know, since I, and I, your book, I put it on the shelf, and I was thinking, what a, what a special thing that you're doing right it's so magical and it's so you and it's it's you're someone that I feel proud to introduce to people because you're doing amazing work in the world and you're you're brave enough to just it's and you're so inspiring to me I feel so inspired by your radical acceptance of yourself it's it's something that I aspire to embody more fully thank you I really appreciate that I feel like 
some of it is Whoa. is Steve. natural. You know, like I've I've always been just kind of a confident person, but like just like you, I feel like are naturally confident when you're like, I'm pretty sure my food is good. It's good. You know, <laughs> you just have that like innate like swagger, but it's also reflection of people saying what you just said you know, and sharing information and then you do stuff and you take a picture of them and they see it and they're like, oh, thank you, you see me. This is valuable. I keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Right, but I've done it for four years. So it's like, I'm like, yes, this is, this is valuable. I you am know? good at this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just helping us all reach deeper into our purpose and I do think we're all here to heal ourselves and heal each other and heal the world and how you do that is you know up to you and I think you have to feel into what makes you feel the most free and like allows you to be the most present you know but whatever path you choose it's the same you you know like you're gonna put the same energy into what you're doing yeah you know I'm getting burned by the sun. <laughs> you don't have that problem, but I do. I don't have that problem. Well, I feel like we've had a pretty awesome conversation. <laughs> so I think I'd be good to stop our podcast now. Okay. Um, well, thank you. And It's a very memorable experience. and I feel, hawk. I feel very fortunate to be here. Look at that hawk fly. And hear the ocean. And hear the birds. When I was little, I used to think I could hear the birds talk. And actually, I still do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. This is the... You want to hear what they say? Yeah. Here I go. Hey! <laughs> they go, hey, there's a coyote over there. And then the other bird goes, watch out! Watch out! <laughs> and then another one goes, okay, it's safe up here. It's safe up here. And then they're like... There's a worm down there. Like, I can hear them. I swear. Yeah. They're like, they're so, um, they're so expressive. Yeah. Birds. And they also, they talk to each other too. Uh-huh. Even though they speak different bird languages, there's some kind of universal networking bird, um, language. I think that they share a call. It's like sign language, uh-huh. but audible. I like that. If you were a bird and you were deaf, you'd probably have a really hard time existing. Because then if a predator came, you would never know. You would never hear the... Do you think birds even can be deaf? Probably. I would imagine so. But I feel like... I mean, maybe it's harder in the animal kingdom to account for, like, disabilities. And maybe you just get eaten or something. But it seems like human beings adapt pretty well, right? Like... It's true. Ray Charles can be blind and then still play beautiful music and walk around and like... Three-legged dog. Three-legged dog. They think life figures out a way, you know? <laughs> and on that note... And on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. I'm nourished and sun-kissed. Thank you, Brittany. You're welcome. Thank you.